Warning, the following podcast features views and opinions that are not representative of the collective views of the Whispers group. Some of these views may not be suitable for children. Accordingly, the producers and hosts of the Missy AE podcast must insist that no one attempt to take anything that is being said as representative of the views of any of the Whispers groups. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to another edition of the Missy AE podcast. Tonight, we bring to you Sports Whispers Weekly, where we talk nothing but sports for the duration of the show. I am Steve Kent, of course, as always, and just a few little tidbits before we get into tonight's coverage. Uh, we do have an official start date for the Big Brother 25 recap podcast because of the fact that chances are there's probably not going to be a cast reveal until the night before they move in. We will be combining the cast assessment with our first recap podcast. So therefore... The Big Brother 25 Recap Podcast will begin officially on August 4th, Friday, August 4th. So in about two weeks, uh, we will be having our first Big Brother podcast for Big Brother 25. And as always, if you guys want to, if you guys don't necessarily want to call in and you want to listen to the show, you can go to blogtalkradio.com slash AE. Uh, if you guys aren't able to catch the show on time, you can find it on the archives either at Blog Talk Radio or you can find us on any of our major podcast networks such as iTunes, Apple, Apple Podcasts, Amazon Music, iHeartRadio, Spotify, and so on and so forth. Basically, if they have podcasts, chances are we are, we are among those that are listed. Uh, tonight, we have Kyle and we have Lou so far on the line with us. Uh, we got a lot to get to, including maybe a little miniature rant I might go on uh, at some point when we talk about Major League Baseball. Uh-huh. Uh, but uh, Kyle and Lou, how are you two doing? All right, Steve, thanks. We're, I'm good, I'm good. How are you? Uh, I'm, doing, I'm doing good, you know. I'm Watching the watching the Red Sox right now as they look to decide whether or not uh, they want to be contenders or, or whether or not they want to be buyers or if they want to be sellers at the trade deadline. Uh, obviously, with the trade deadline coming closer, I believe it is August first. Uh, we will be digging in deeper tonight into the trade deadline. But first, I figure we should probably talk a little soccer because. We had yeah. the U.S. the U.S. women's national team last night with a three to nil shutout victory over Vietnam, and honestly, you know, I, I kind of feel like it should have been it should have been a higher score, if we're being honest, because yeah. the the women's national team they were favored by five and a half goals on the betting line. So, I found yeah. I found it kind of. I mean, granted, you know, any win is a good win to begin with, but I, I, I you know, I, I, I found it kind of odd that, you know, it was only three nil. Uh, we did get goals from Sophia Smith. She had two goals in her debut in the FIFA Women's World Cup as well as a goal from Lindsay Horan, 
uh, with about uh, about 77 minutes into the game. Uh, the Team USA will next face the Netherlands on, I believe, Wednesday at Wednesday. 9 p.m. Wednesday. Yeah, yeah, exactly, Lou. That's what I thought. I thought I thought it was it was either Wednesday or Thursday. Um, so Wednesday at 9 p.m. against the Netherlands, and hell, it beat it beat it beats the hell out of uh out of having to watch them at 3 a.m., which is what's yeah. going to be the time for the Portugal game on August 1st. Uh, but. I mean, let, let me go to you first, Kyle, because I know I know we've had our talks about the men's national team uh, right. and how how they'll probably never even sniff a uh, FIFA World Cup final because of their lack of uh, or because of their incompetent coaching. But I think it's safe. To, I think it's kind of safe to say. Don't you believe that the women's a national team should be, quite frankly, the front runners this year, considering the fact that they're the two-time defending champions. Yeah, I, I mean, definitely, you know, and it's never been done before for a three-feet on either side. So then it goes into the argument is, the, obviously, it's two different, you know, two different kind of sports, even though it's the same sport, two different categories. But then I guess you have to make it an argument, is this USA national team the best team just in general, like no, like think, think about the powerhouse, you know, men's World Cup team. Brazil, Germany, Portugal, Spain, Croatia, like all those big bad boys, like no one has yeah. ever done what the USA is trying to do. So like, I guess, are we going to give more respect towards the women and say, wow, like nobody men's or women's side has ever repeated and like think about it, like I think We've been to the, the, the semifinals at least every single year the U.S. Women's World Cup has gone on. We've been to the semifinals at least. So I, I think we're going to have to put some more respect on it and say, hey, like this women's team might be the greatest team of all time. And um, to give you a like, little backstory on Vietnam, I mean, Vietnam, Vietnam isn't the greatest country, like soccer team. They lost 9-0 nine, nine to, to Spain. They uh, lost 2 nothing to uh, New Zealand. They uh, lost 2-1 to Germany, which is a very good game. Um, so I think Vietnam, Vietnam I'm, I keep on saying Vietnamese because I work with a lot of Vietnamese people. And uh, they're, of course, yeah. they're rooting for Vietnam last night. But obviously they want USA to win. But um, I don't know, man. Like, this, this USA team is looking good. I mean, you know, you got Alex Morgan yeah. up top. You got my girl... Julie Ertz, you know, Zach Ertz, uh, an Eagles legend. His wife plays for USA Soccer, and she's a very good midfielder slash uh, center back for them. And I don't know, man. I, I like this team a lot. You know, I think we're going to do very well. Uh, we'll see how we play against Netherlands. That's probably the toughest um, opponent we have in our group. Besides that, you know, we should should be able to come out on top on our group. Um, but, yeah, I, I'm excited for this. USA national team and uh, definitely looking forward to the rest of the tournament for sure. Yeah, just to, just to give a little a little insight in terms of uh, what betters think, the the women's national team is actually favored at plus two twenty 
to right. uh, among among all the all the different uh, you know all the different nations. They're favored at plus two twenty to right. win the women's World Cup this year and be the first nation to three peat. So right. And plus, and plus, we gotta we gotta take into account as well that they're playing without Mallory Swanson, without Katarina Macario, or without Captain uh, Becky Sauerbrunn. So, right. I mean, if anything, this is a, this is gonna show basically just exactly the depth that the women's national team has compared to compared to other teams in particular. And just to just to give up, uh, give up the other betting odds, uh, the second yeah. best betting odds is England at plus four fifty, followed by Spain at plus five hundred and Germany at plus seven fifty. So it's, I mean, I mean, pretty much England is to be expected because. I mean, hell, they have a powerhouse of a men's team to begin with, let alone a women's team. Right, yeah. But uh, not to mention, they're gonna not to mention the U.S. side. They're gonna have a boost of young talent. Uh, we've already seen two goals out of Sophia Smith, uh, Alyssa Thompson, and also also we have Trinity Rodman as well. That's going to contribute as well yeah. out there. So well, yes, he's going. Yeah, and I think I, I you know, I think uh, another thing here, Lou, is you have you also have to take into account this will be Megan Rapinoe's last World Cup that she'll be playing in. Yes. So I think it's I mean it's it's already huge enough to begin with to be playing for for you know your own country, but. How do I put it? Megan Rapinoe is right now probably one of the best players in all of women's soccer, if not probably the right. best player. So this is basically – I hate to put her in this category because, you know, she's basically the equivalent of trying to get Tom Brady another another Super Bowl win at this right. point. So – Overall, overall, what what are your thoughts on first off Team USA's start to the to the Women's World Cup here, and uh, what do you think their chances are overall? Well, I was a bit surprised by the. Uh, I mean, first of all, a win is a win, whether it's five nothing, ten nothing, uh, three two, or whatever. You know, they they got to win as an important thing. I mean, I don't think we were expecting to see another thirteen nothing blowout. That doesn't always happen. So I think maybe we, uh, you know, we're just thinking a little bit ahead of ourselves. And maybe we were underestimating our opponents. You know, these teams, you know, look to be, you know, uh, just as good as we are. And I'm actually a little bit worried about playing Portugal on uh, our last matchup. That's a very strong team. These, you know, European teams, you know, right now, they're, they're showing signs of how they're able to compete with, the, you know, the Americans on the women's side. Uh, so that really worries me a bit. I think maybe they... Um, We'll come away with it and get to the, um, you know, they'll, they'll do well in the preliminary uh, stages, but I think when we get to the uh, ones, I'm, I'm a little concerned about this. You know, they really got to set up their game here and not to make uh, kind of like mistakes 
uh, like with uh, what Alex Morgan did when he missed the penalty kick. So we gotta work on we gotta work on some of our um our offensive skills here. Right, and I mean, you know, the, the the one thing we just have to take into account is we just have to get out of the group stage. That's yeah, right. I mean, even if we lose to Portugal, as long as we get out of the group stage, that's all that really matters. Yes. Now, obviously, of course, you know, if we have to face Portugal again down the line, that's going to be a different story. You know, then we'll have to worry. But, uh you know, I just I, I think that as long as we can get out of the group stage, which I think we should. I mean, we have to face Netherlands next, uh, which I have a feeling should be a win, and we also have to face, you know, Portugal, like we like we uh, like we mentioned. So, I mean, how, how many how many. Uh, how many games are there in the group stage? It looks like I think we're twenty-four. Oh, twenty-four games. Oh, I think it was team-wise. Uh, we played three. No, games no, no. In, in, the, in the group stage. Three. Yeah, yeah there's just three. Three. Okay, so. I mean, I, I'm pretty sure we could probably. Let's see. We're in Group E. So, Netherlands, ooh, actually, Netherlands faces Portugal at 3.30 this morning, uh, this upcoming uh, morning, Sunday morning at 3.30. So, Netherlands and Portugal, that would actually be a pretty good insight to see how exactly they stack up. Uh, okay, you night to watch. Hey, I might I might be able to do it. I mean, I'll probably be up at three, so uh, I'll probably be able to do it. But we do, you know, we do we do have some other uh, we do have some other scores. Uh, keeping track of around the whole entire group stage for for uh, all the different groups. Uh, we opened up with a New Zealand one nil shutout over Norway in Group A back on Thursday followed by an Australia 1-0 shutout of the Republic of Ireland in Group B. Last night we had had a 0-0 tie between Nigeria and Canada. Gee, it looks like like, uh, the men's national team for for Team Canada is actually in a lot better shape than the women's national team, I guess. Uh, Switzerland... Switzerland in Group A with a 2-0 shutout of the Philippines. And in Group C, we had a 3-0 shutout of Costa Rica by Spain last night. Uh, Obviously, today we opened up, or technically 9 p.m. Eastern last night, we had a 3-0 shutout with United States and Vietnam. And earlier today, Japan with a 5-0 shutout over Zambia, which is honestly to be expected when you consider, when you consider, you know, Japan, Japan is not that bad when it comes to, when it comes to soccer, but uh, I, I had, I had no idea Zambia even had a, even had a team, let alone, 
let alone, you know, being uh, – I, I, I didn't even know that they even played soccer down there in Zambia. Apparently they do. But uh, some games that are that are set to take place, I believe, is it later tomorrow maybe? I don't know. It says 5.30 a.m. Eastern time. We have England against Haiti. And at 8 a.m. Eastern time, we have Denmark and China. So I'm kind of confused here because it says they're listed under Saturday, July 22nd, but yet there's no score. And then tomorrow, for tomorrow's matchups, we supposedly have, we have Sweden and South Africa, we have Netherlands and Portugal, and we have France and Jamaica. So, I mean, ultimately, you know, if we're looking at, you know, I think a, I think a big thing that we need to look at is if Netherlands can beat Portugal, then even if we lose to Portugal, that basically cancels it out. As yeah. long as we beat the Netherlands, as as, lo- as long as they beat the Netherlands, they should be fine. Even if they lose to Portugal. So, all in all, I mean, Kyle, let's get your thoughts. Where do you see uh, Team USA faring in this uh, in this year's uh, Women's World Cup? I, I think we should we should be able to win the group. I mean, um, like, you, like you guys are saying, you know, if, uh, if we get past Netherlands, I I don't see why we wouldn't win the group. I mean, even if we drew against Netherlands and then you know we beat Portugal, like you just said, it's the, the winner of that that Portugal Netherlands game tomorrow or tonight, whatever you want to say, is going to you know win the group. But I I don't know. I think we should be able to win it. I think. Uh, you know, um, with the talent we have, and I think we have a very good mixture of, of veterans and, and youth on this uh, USA team. You know, Alex Morgan, Megan Rapino, um, Julie Ertz. You know, got, got, I say guys, but women like that have been there, and you know, they they know what to expect. And you know, I, I was listening to a reporter saying how like this is, you know what to expect, you know, it's uh, pretty much the semifinals are, are you know, you pretty much a lost season for, for them, and uh, so I, I don't have a doubt that we're going to win the group and go far in the tournament. Yeah, I have no, you know, I have no doubt that as long as we can get past Netherlands, I think statistically it should be able to, because Basically, the top two teams make it. the top two teams advance. The winners and the runners and the runners up. So for the bracket for the round of 16, it would be as follows: beginning on August 5th, we would have the winners of Group A taking on the winners of Group C. Or I mean, taking on the runner-up of Group C, and the winners of Group C would take on the runner-up of Group A. Then August 6th, August 6th, we would have the Do you know winners who's of group yet? Yes, we do. Yeah, we we do. I'll I will get them listed. Hang on. So Group A, you have New Zealand and Norway, 
You also have the Philippines and Switzerland. Uh, Group B, you have Australia and Ireland, or the Republic of Ireland, so to speak. And you also have Nigeria and Canada. For Group C, you have Spain and Costa Rica, and you have Zambia and Japan. Group D, you have England and Haiti, as well as Denmark and China. And for Group E, you have the United States and Vietnam, and the Netherlands and Portugal. Group F is France and Jamaica. Uh, Where is the other one for Group F? France and Jamaica, and Brazil and Panama. Group G, you have Sweden and South Africa, as well as Italy and Argentina. And Group H, you have Germany and Morocco, as well as Colombia and South Korea. Yes. Oh, wow. So, yeah, needless to say, there's a ton, a ton of teams, 24 uh, in particular, that are in this whole FIFA World, uh, Women's World Cup. So for August 6th, you have the winners of Group E taking on the runner-up of Group G, and basically vice versa. You also have the winners of Group G taking on the runners-up of Group E. On the 7th, you will have the winners of Group D against the runner-up of Group B, and the winners of Group B against the runners-up of Group D. Yeah. Then August 8th, you have the winners of Group H against the runner-up of Group F, and the winners of Group F against the runners-up of Group H. So, basically, this is just this is going to keep going uh, all the way up until August 20th, where uh, the final will officially take place. Yeah, which would be on a Sunday. So, I mean, I. To be perfectly honest, I really don't see, like, really the only challenge I think the USA honestly has is maybe England. Maybe an outside shot of Spain. Hmm. But if I remember correctly, you know, France and Brazil, they're not nearly as, they're, they're not nearly the big threats as their men's counterparts are. Right. And, I mean, I, honestly, there's – I would be very repeat with uh, – because they – their roster doesn't really look like they've lost that much except for, for those who are out with injury. So New Zealand and Colombia is a challenge. <laughs> Colombia isn't even listed on the betting odds. So no. Okay. Yeah, they're basically the betting odds. They have the U.S. at plus two twenty-five as the favorites to win the cup. Uh, England is at plus four fifty. Spain is at plus five hundred. Germany is at plus seven fifty. France is at plus a thousand with Australia at plus 1,200, Sweden at plus 2,000, and the Netherlands are at plus 2,200. 
So to, to basically put it into perspective, the U.S. was actually an even money favorite to win the World Cup back in 2019. Uh-huh. And also, uh, FanDuel reported on Tuesday that the U.S. had attracted 82% of the money wagered on its odds to win the Cup. And England is... Mm-hmm. So, needless to say, they're really looking at USA basically sweeping basically sweeping everything. And as a matter of fact, uh, U.S. striker Alex Morgan is reportedly the favorite to win the Golden Boot Award, which is given to the player with the most goals in the tournament. Uh, she is currently a plus 550, followed by teammate Sophia Smith, who, by the way, currently leads the Golden Boot uh, with her two goals last Goal. night at plus 800. So, and, and j- just to give uh, also a little tidbit as to how big of a favorite they were over Vietnam, they were yeah. minus 40,000. Pretty steep. So basically, a better would need to risk $40,000 to win a $100 bill on the Americans. Uh. Wow. That's that's literally how much of a no contest that everybody was expecting uh, last night's game to be. And it's also worth noting that no team, either men's or women's, has ever won three straight World Cups. So Team USA will be going for... history history here, basically. Now, let's go over from let's go let's go over from uh, the women's national team and let's talk a little bit about Lionel Messi. And yes. you want to talk about I mean, let's Let's just be honest here. Granted, it was his first game, and he came off of the bench. But you have yeah. him taking, you have him taking the game-winning penalty kick with time expiring. I mean, that's just not even fair. No, because last that kick was nothing compared to what he's had to do overseas. I mean, my God, it's it's basically nothing for him. And I got to tell you, yeah, you know, Inter-Miami isn't really, you know, you're not going to be seeing Inter-Miami in the playoffs this year. Chances are that you no. probably aren't. But I got to tell you, with what they're building, with with what David Beckham is building right now in Miami, they might be a team to look out for next year. Because you add on Lionel Messi, you bring in Jordi Alba, and you also have Sergio Busquets, and uh, chances are, from what I've heard, 
they're not done. They're not they're not done recruiting players from overseas. No. You could you we could see Inter Miami building basically a miniature version of Barcelona. And we remember what happened with Barcelona, you know, how good Barcelona was over yeah. the last however many years. So, but, you know, uh, everybody, everybody was wondering, you know, why isn't Lionel Messi starting? You know, why is he coming off of the bench to start his Major League Soccer career? I mean, to be honest, it's to be expected. It's to be expected. Yeah. Like, uh, how are you going to have a guy who is – he's basically the Tom Brady of, of soccer. How are you going to have him come onto a, come onto a team that he barely knows the uh, – you know, he barely knows the attacking formation that they have and expect him – to basically contribute right away, you know, basically expect him to, to start right away, and you don't even know where his conditioning is at. I mean, Lou, do you get do you get the uh, the outrage at all from uh, from fans who are expecting to see him start right away? Yeah, I was kind of surprised myself. I mean, why would you come off the bench? I mean, that that kind of surprised me as well. I mean, he's the best soccer player on earth, and he's off the bench. Yeah, something doesn't seem right here. So that was shocking. But he came through in the end, and that's what happened. So, uh, you know, whether it was made a good call or a bad call, you know, that's, you know, entirely out of the, um, entirely out of his opinion. But, you know, I think he, um, I don't think she came off the bench. She should start right away. Well, I think what I think what'll end up happening is you'll probably, as you know, the more that he can get himself into peak physical shape, uh, yeah. because if I if I recall correctly, he hasn't really done much since since he won the World Cup. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, he 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 was a little more inactive than he should have been. So it's going to take him a little bit of time to get him, to get his uh, to get himself uh, fit yeah. or match match fit as they call it. So I would expect that you're probably going to be seeing him come off the bench uh, the next couple of games or so. Uh, hell, they haven't even you know, like I said they haven't even brought in Jordi Alba yet, and Jordi Alba right. literally just signed. So. Um, you know, you're probably going to be seeing that from Busquets, Alba, and Messi uh, to start off with here for, for Inter-Miami. I would assume that chances are he will probably, before the season is over, he will probably be starting for Miami. I mean, th- this is just basically trying to get him acclimated to the style of play over in Major League Soccer as opposed to uh, – as opposed to the Premier League and whatnot overseas. But let me pose a question to you here, Lou. Do you think this potentially opens up the opportunity for more players to potentially jump over to Major League Soccer? Yeah. 
I mean, could we see, you know, could, could we see the likes of maybe Mbappe leave uh, leave Paris Saint Germain? I I know Mbappe mm-hmm. apparently uh, there's there's apparently problems. He's willing to sit out the season apparently for uh, for Paris Saint Germain. Uh, there's a lot of problems going on with him. Uh, you know, could, could could we see stars move over to Major League Soccer? And if anything, this will provide even more exposure for Major League Soccer because of this, yeah, because of the fact you know, that... Um, yeah, but, you know, when uh, Landon Donovan came over, it didn't really spark the league up either, though, so who knows? I mean, I was expecting a much. I was expecting you know much better when when he came in. Yeah, I mean, there, but I mean, there's a big difference. That's Landon Donovan. This is Lionel Messi. You know, if if they bring in somebody like that, like an Mbappe, like a Kylian Mbappe. I mean, my God, that's you know. You want to talk about having eyes on your product? That is going to right. bring more eyes to the to the uh, sport of soccer, in particular. Maybe not necessarily on the American side, but you know you'll be seeing more more European fans watching American soccer potentially, right? Because of this, so you know I think it's. Definitely, I think it's good for the sport. I think it's good for uh, for Major League Soccer in general to have, especially when you have these huge names uh, coming into Major League Soccer, like obviously Lionel Messi, but you have David Beckham owning uh, yeah. owning Inter Miami. You have, uh, I believe, Wayne Rooney is. I believe he's the, is he the coach of LA Galaxy or no? Um, he's one of the be- one of the best English uh, English soccer players to have ever played. Uh, he's the manager mm-hmm. of DC United. That's who it is. Not not LA Galaxy. Right. He's the manager of mm-hmm. DC United. Right. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, you have all of these big all these big name players coming over to major league soccer, uh, not necessarily as players, but maybe as managers as owners. I mean, you're going to get more eyes on this league and chances are, you know, the more, the more eyes that are put on this league, it's, it's It could potentially bring soccer up to the level of say Major League Baseball, the NFL, the NBA. Oh, fuck that. Well, what I'm what I'm saying is it could turn Major League Soccer into being a legitimate, you know, because right now the yeah. right now overseas leagues like the Premier League and whatnot are considered to be the juggernauts. They're considered to be the NHLs. Yeah the NBA's, the Major League Baseball's of soccer. But if you if you all of a sudden have these huge names coming over from overseas and now all of a sudden playing Major League Soccer, 
you're going to turn Major League Soccer into a much into a much bigger league than what it currently is. Yes. So, I think I think it'll be pretty interesting to watch moving forward here because obviously, you know, Lionel. I have a feeling Lionel Messi is is literally just the first of many stars that we could see crossover. Yeah. And I mean, you can't you can't blame Messi. You know, he's thirty six years old. Uh, you know, he's he saw a big money opportunity with David Beckham. So. And not just that, but I believe he also becomes part owner. I think uh, with this with this move. So you know you can't bl- you can't blame him. Yeah. But the way things are looking right now in Major League Soccer uh, for the playoff picture, as far as the playoff picture goes in the Eastern Conference, uh, Cincinnati FC leads the way with 51 points. The New England Revolution are in second at 43 points, followed by the Philadelphia Union at 40. Uh, Nashville FC or Nashville SC is in fourth with 38, followed by Orlando City SC with 37. The Columbus Crew with 36, Atlanta United with 35, the Chicago Fire with 32, and DC United right on the cutoff line with 30. And just mm. below the cutoff line is Montreal with 29. So it's wow. and followed by the Red Bulls, uh the New York Red Bulls with 26 and Charlotte FC with 26. So it's going to be a little bit of a dogfight for that final spot in the East. Okay. And actually right now the Red Bulls, I believe they lead 3 to 2 over New England on penalty kicks. Uh, I don't know if that has gone final yet because it's it's the league's cup uh, right now. Right. All the games that are going on in Major League Soccer. Uh, over in the Western Conference, we have St. Louis City SC leading the way with 41 points, followed by LAFC with 37, Real Salt Lake with 37 as well. Uh, the Seattle Sounders FC with 36, Austin FC with 32, followed by the San Jose Earthquakes also with 32, the Vancouver Whitecaps FC with 31, the FC Dallas with 30, and the Houston Dynamo FC with 29 at the cutoff mark with Minnesota United FC just below the cutoff mark with 28. Uh, Sporting Kansas City and the Portland Timbers, both with 26. The LA Galaxy, they're, I mean, they're pretty much fading at this point, only 22 points. And the Colorado Rapid, uh, Colorado Rapids at the very bottom with only 19. So, needless to say, that, yeah. And, I mean, th- those are your standings currently for Major League Soccer. Uh, as far as the Supporters' Shield standings go, Cincinnati, they're in a comfortable lead at this point uh, for the Supporters' Shield of Major League Soccer with 51 points. Uh, assuming New England doesn't come – well, actually, I don't know if this actually counts towards the standings uh, for Major League Soccer uh, with the, the games no. tonight. No, they don't? 
No, because well, because they're not playing. They're playing against you know teams like other leagues, you know, from uh, Mexico going on. So that does not count towards MLS standings. Okay, so in that case, right now they never before have. they get uh, once once they get out of the league's cup, uh, Cincinnati they currently hold an eight point advantage in the supporters shield right. race. So uh, as it stands right now. Uh, Cincinnati, they're basically in the driver's seat for the for the foreseeable future. Uh, let's bring in Alex. Uh, Alex, we've been discussing, uh, in particular, we were discussing uh, Lionel Messi coming into Major League Soccer and officially making his triumphant debut last night, uh, w- winning with a penalty kick in the final minutes of play. Uh, did you get to see the game at all last night? Yeah, so I, I actually loved it. I thought it was very, like, apropos. I mean, mm-hmm. come on. Ridiculous. Yeah. Like, if there's one way that could happen where it ended, I mean, come on. Kind of a storybook, but, yeah, whatever. Yeah, it's – honestly, like I said earlier uh, earlier in the show, it, it, it isn't even fair. To have when yeah. you have a penalty kick no, that fair at all. and and you have Lionel Messi maybe the best player to have a to, to take a penalty kick uh, on your ever. team to, have, to, to, to 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 the best player to to take a penalty kick possible on your team it, it's like it's basically an automatic goal for him so yeah. Uh, you know, another thing we were discussing is that obviously Inter Miami, you know, they may not they may not make the playoffs this year, but uh, it's possible that maybe next year they may, we may be looking at a miniature version of Barcelona down there in Inter Miami. Well, yeah. But the the yeah. bigger picture though, the bigger yeah. picture though is could this potentially open the gate for other big stars to jump over. Absolutely. This is actually the gateway to um, coming into America, if you will. I mean, it's been going on for a little bit, and now this is really, really legit. This is so legit. I mean, come on. I mean, come on. Uh, Kardashian, uh, the other girl, you know, LeBron, they're all in the crowd. I mean, come on. It's it's happening. It's happening. I mean, what what I'm saying is, you know, uh, Kylian Mbappe. There's rumors of uh, turmoil going on between him and Paris Saint Germain uh, out there in the elite uh, in uh, in the Premier League. So, you know, could we potentially with, with him threatening to potentially sit out the whole entire season for Paris Saint Germain? Could we could this open the door to potentially seeing a big star like Kylian Mbappe potentially move over to Major League Soccer, which in turn, you know, the more stars that you see come over from the Premier League and all those other leagues over to Major League Soccer, we could could we potentially see Major League Soccer or uh, you know, Major League Baseball, or maybe even the NBA. Yeah. 
I mean, what are your what are your thoughts on that, Alex? No, I'm 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 here. Uh, Alex, are you there? Yeah. I don't give a. Yeah, I'm here. Okay. All right. Well, uh, I'm here. I, I, I'm sorry. I don't know. I, I don't know if I kept going in and out. I don't. I don't know what's going on with my headset tonight. Uh, but uh, <laughs> what do you think? Is that, do you think there's a possibility? Maybe, perhaps, we may see. Uh, this may be a bridge for more major stars to jump over. Yeah, of course. I mean, you got to uh, put the the right in the wall, right? You have to uh, realize what's going on. I think there's um, a message. There's a, a pattern. There's something going on there. Yeah, of course. Yeah, this is the uh, influx, if you will. This is the uh, flooding. Yeah, because, yeah, I, I mean, mean, we could, they, we could they, definitely they, see. They, there, 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 might be, there might be several people flooding in right now. They're up I mean, we, already, we, we, we do know that Jordi Alba did also sign with Inter Miami at the same time as you want to call him? You want to call him? You know, at the same time as Lionel Messi. So there is a possibility that we could see even more stars potentially decide yeah. to jump over. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And True. if anything, we could we could end up seeing I mean, granted, it's going to take quite a quite a bit for this to for this to happen. But we could see maybe, perhaps, I don't know, maybe Major League Soccer rising to the level of, say, Major League Baseball, or maybe even the NBA or NHL. Yeah, I mean, in terms right of Steve, 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 right now, it's on the precipice. It is literally on the edge. They can easily. Uh, overcome that or maintain that. Yeah, I mean that's the goal right now. I can see that right now for uh, for soccer. They're they're aiming for that, yeah. and I can easily see that happening. Yeah, I could. They're they're doing it's it right an, now. It's, yeah, it's definitely it's entirely possible. That's for sure. Uh, when you consider where. Major League Soccer is right now, and I mean let's 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 not uh, let's not kid ourselves. The entire the eyes of the entire sports world last night was on Major League Soccer and watching yeah. Lionel Messi make his debut. Literally every single account that I follow on Twitter, everyone every single account dropped what they were doing to talk about Lionel Messi and to watch Lionel Messi. No matter what they were covering, whether they're covering baseball, whether they're covering, you know, basketball, hockey, every single person dropped what they were doing and watched Lionel Messi play his first game for Inter Miami. I mean, this is a huge deal taking place last night. Yeah. By the way, by the way, uh, Mets fans don't look now, but the Mets may potentially come back from this huge, gigantic deficit against the bad news, the bad news Bears, Boston Red Sox, who apparently yeah. can't get out of their own way, and 
Yeah, which, what wasn't a game now all of a sudden is a game, apparently, with two outs in the top of the ninth inning. So, uh, and by the way, this goes, this goes into what I was going to say earlier about a rant. Uh, so, earlier today, I dared to go on a Boston Red Sox message board and – Apparently, I I spoke negatively about the Red Sox, which, to be honest, it was the truth. I wasn't just speaking negatively. I was speaking the truth when I brought up that they're probably going to be buyers and sellers at the deadline because that's what Heim loves to do. He loves to be a buyer and a seller, uh, delusionally thinking that they can contend. When yet we we saw tonight, oh, and there it is, actually eight to six final. So they did they did get that third uh, out. Yeah, it is um, final. Wow. But you know, uh, honestly, just from what I saw tonight with Jorge Alfaro deciding to try and throw out a runner at second after after the ball was thrown back in, and. He decides to try and make the throw to second base. The ball sails all the way into the outfield, all the way up towards the wall, and basically allows a little league inside the park home run to take place for the yeah. New York Mets. That right there basically told me what I what I needed to know whether or not this team could be could be uh, legitimate contenders or not. Uh, this team is not a contender. Uh, yeah, they won against the Mets tonight, but this team is not a contender. And I, I guarantee you, no, I know exactly. I know exactly what's going to happen. They're going to either be buyers and sellers at the deadline, or they're going to stand pat. And uh, the people that they get coming back, like Trevor Story and uh, Tanner Houck and uh, John Schreiber, they're going to say. Those are our deadline additions. Yo, yo, yo. They're going to say those are our deadline additions. You know, that's what's going to, what's going to make us into a contender. And apparently, you know, because I had the balls to even bring that up on a Red Sox message board, I was told that I was not a legitimate Red Sox fan, that I'm a, bandwagoner. I'm sorry, but fuck you. I can say whatever the fuck I want. Especially if it's the truth. Exactly. You know, everybody has an opinion. I'm just stating what everybody is thinking in Red Sox Nation. I don't, you know, it's Everybody says that, that, you know, there needs to be nothing but positivity. There's nothing really positive to talk about this team, except, okay, you know, the young, the young kids are playing. The young kids are actually playing good. That's actually, that's actually a good thing. I mean, Tristan Cassis had two home runs tonight. Uh, you know, some of our youngins in the bullpen, Josh Winkowski, has been pitching good this year. Brian Bello has been pitching good as a starter, even though uh, he has had some problems with uh, with the defense behind him. 
But there, there, you know, there's been good things with this Red Sox team this year, and then there's been terribly bad things. And I'll be perfectly honest, Lou. Fifty-two and forty-seven right now. Mm. That's not a contender. No, it isn't. Especially, especially a team that does better against teams with a winning record than teams with a losing record, and you're supposed to kill those teams with a losing record. I'm sorry if if you're not winning games that you're supposed to win. I don't see how you're a contender. Yeah. Now, let's keep in mind, last year they were 78 and 84. Chances are they're probably going to be better than that this year. They're 52 and 47 right now. Uh, but, I just, you know, I just don't see – I just don't see this team really no. doing anything. Even if, they, even, even if they're in a position to add at the deadline – I mean, you, you just you take a look at the standings. They're dead last in the in the AL East again. Uh, you know, Houston leads them by I believe two and a half games again. Or no, it's actually down to two games now in the wild card. So Houston must have lost tonight. Wait a minute. Yeah, I'll take the scores a little while. Wait a minute. This doesn't make sense. Because they were three games down in the wild card after they lost the original game to yeah uh, after they lost the makeup game earlier today uh, to the Mets. This doesn't make any sense. Oh uh, yeah, it's t- it's tied right now zero zero. So right. how the hell are they? I know they're ahead of the Yankees because of a tiebreaker. But how the hell are they only two games back? Oh, it's Toronto. That's why. Toronto. Yeah, Toronto. Uh, yeah, Toronto lost. So they're two games back at Toronto. That's why. Yeah. So obviously, you know, the key the key thing is they need to win tomorrow. They need to win, and here's here's the thing that's going to suck. That's going to really yeah. suck is somehow they're going to have to take two out of three from Atlanta, which I don't see happening. Yeah, and they're going to have to take two out of three from San Francisco, which honestly I do not see happening. So overall, I you know I think this team should sell. I mean, people can call me can call me a bandwagon Red Sox fan all they want. I mean, I've been I've been watching the team since I even knew what baseball was, which was back in two thousand. Right. Which just so happened, uh, you know, I just so happened to, to grow up with a winning culture, you know, with a uh, winning. Uh, all these, all these teams, all these teams in New England happened to start winning in the 2000s. But just because I grew up, just because uh, you know, I speak negatively about my team, 
that doesn't mean I'm not a true Red Sox fan. Of course not. Every every fan has, I think, something to say negative about their team and they're not doing well. I mean, that's, that's natural. I mean, my God. You know? Yeah. Seriously. Some I mean, people that, have... The pathetic. Oh, yeah. Yeah, you know, 52 and 47, uh, the reason why they're in the cellar of the AL East right now is because of that tiebreaker that Boston holds over New York, uh, having won a majority of the games this year. But, you know, it's there's a, there's a lot of problems that New York is going through, too, uh, in terms yeah. of injuries. You know, they lost Jose Trevino for That's the rest cool of the right season. There. So you know that's that's a huge loss. That's a huge loss for them, uh, losing their starting catcher uh, with a tear in his right wrist. So uh, apparently that's been a problem for him since the spring as well. So if anything, all he did was just make it worse by not uh, by not uh, having it worked on uh, earlier to begin with. But. Uh, it looks like right now, and also they lost Josh Donaldson, which honestly may be more of a good thing, if anything, than a bad thing for New York, uh, considering how he's played this year. Uh, only having a total of 15 hits and 10 of those hits being homers. Uh, Donaldson on the 10-day injury list with a right calf sprain, or strain, I mean, uh, as a result, Oswald Peraza was called up. Uh, but in all New York, they have – it's weird because I can't – I don't really know if you can consider the – I think the Yankees are kind of in a similar spot like Boston is. Yes. You know, because would you really consider it – any different if the Yankees add to this current to this current roster that they have? Do you think mm. they would be any better off, Lou? Mm. Well, I mean, the problem is all the injuries are piling up. That's what's causing this, you know, this downward spiral. So we had to figure factor in that. Right. I mean, it's you know, it's it's odd because. It is odd. Do you, us. do you, you know, do you really think that it's it's kind of a similar thing with the Red Sox because the Red Sox, yeah. you know, they both have identical records at fifty two and forty seven. Uh, the only difference is the Red Sox score more runs compared to the Yankees. Uh, however, the yeah. Red Sox also give up more runs. So, if anything, pitching yeah. isn't the problem for New York. The problem seems to be hitting. Yeah, not, that's not so, And when you consider all the prospects that they've given up in recent years, the question is, do they really even have a prospect? Uh, do, do they really even have a system that they can dive into to potentially to potentially make any trades this year? Yeah. Uh, I don't. I don't see. It. I mean, you know, this is not. This is just not been the year. Injuries. I think ever since Judge went down, 
you know, they have not been the same team. And, you know, there, there is talk that um, Judge might be back. Well, he took back practice, and maybe he might be able to come back within maybe like a week or so. But, you know, without him, they're, they're really struggling offensively. Well, you know, that kind of that kind of makes me wonder if there if there's going to be if the Yankees are going to do the same thing as the Red Sox by going, oh hey, this is our deadline edition. Aaron Judge is coming back. Yeah, you know, I'm afraid so. it's, it's it's like it's like yeah, Aaron, Aaron Judge is coming back. Whoopee! But what the hell does that do to uh, to our chances yeah. of actually contending this year? Because yeah, Aaron Judge is coming back, but you didn't address anything else. Right. So it's, it's, it's sort of a similar thing with Boston. You know, the thing with Boston, and I see this definitely happening, uh, if they decide that they want to hang on to who they have right now and try to make a run, which honestly, I mean, I mean anything can happen in Major, in Major League Baseball. But to be perfectly honest, I, it's kind of similar to last year. I just do not – I do not see it with this team whatsoever. And you take a look at who they have in, that's going to be a free agent next year. Justin Turner has a player option, which chances are the way he's playing, he may opt out and in, in enter free agency. Uh, although I don't know, thirteen point four mil for a player option, he may opt in anyways. Kike uh, Hernandez is going to be gone. Uh, James Paxton, the way he's pitching, chances yeah. are you know he's he's set to be a free agent. Uh, Adam yeah, Duvall will be a free agent. Uh, Richard Blyer has a has a club option, but chances are he's I don't know if the if the club will pick up that option. Uh, I mean, there's a few players that if they may potentially be leaving, there's a few players that they could give up that uh, if they're going to sell, I mean, chances are they could probably get a considerable return for James Paxton with how he's been pitching this year, six and two with a, uh, a middle, a middle three ERA. I think it's like 3.5 ERA uh, since, since he uh, returned this year. Adam Duvall, I mean, if they're, let's not forget, he's yeah. a World Series champion. He's a World Series champion. I know Atlanta's been sniffing on potentially bringing him back. Uh, I know Minnesota has been talking about potentially targeting him. Uh, you know, you could see Adam Duvall potentially get moved oh, for yeah, something. Yeah. Kike, Kike may get designated for assignment tomorrow because Pablo Reyes is set to come back. Uh, so somebody has to get designated for assignment, and odds are it could be Kike. So you might as well trade. You might as well trade him, and maybe hope that he can get a he can get a fresh start somewhere else. Trade him for what you can get for him, as opposed to letting him leave in free agency. And Corey Kluber has a club option, but let's face it, the way he's pitched so far this year. Uh, I don't think any club would pick him up. So, no. Needless to say, Boston has a lot of uh, has a lot of questions uh, heading up to this deadline. And you know, honestly, it's kind of the same thing with New York. You look at New York's uh, free agent list, 
They're gonna. Yeah. Uh, they have a mutual. They have a mutual option with Josh Donaldson. So who knows if he'll be back or not? Uh, Severino is set to hit free agency. Frankie Montaz is set to hit free agency. Uh, Kiner Falifa will hit free agency, as will Harrison Bader. And Wandy Peralta as well. So, I mean, there's a few names on that list that if the Yankees decide to become sellers, which I know that never happens to a Yankee team, uh, you know, there's quite quite a few names on that list that uh, I believe playoff contending teams could potentially uh, be looking towards. Now, if we go over to the Mets, because I know the Mets uh, have been brought up as well. Yes. Uh, You know, Max Scherzer, his name has been up towards the top of that list, as has uh, Justin Verlander as potential, uh, potential names that could be sold. However, I believe both have no trade clauses, so yeah, that would be a little. Uh, it would be a little. It would be not impossible, but it would be kind of hard to navigate around. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, they also have Marcana, Carlos Carrasco, David Robertson, all set to become free agents potentially. Uh, so there, you know, there's a couple of uh, a couple of names that you could see potentially leave New York uh, when it comes to the trade deadline. Chicago, I mean, you take a look at who they have. Trey Mancini has a player option. Marcus Stroman has a player option. Uh, Cody Bellinger has a mutual option. But let's face it, it's only 12 million. He's making 17 and a half this year. Uh, chances are. He's probably going to get moved at the deadline. Uh, Kyle Hendricks also is – well, they have a club option for Kyle Hendricks. Uh, you know, there's a, there's quite a few names on Chicago for the Chicago Cubs uh, that could you could potentially see get moved in particular. Matter of fact, let me bring up – Yeah, let me bring up the New York Mets, actually, right? Or not New York, um, the Chicago Cubs, and see who they have. Mark Leiter Jr., that's who it is. Mark Leiter Jr. has been brought up as a potential option to potentially get moved at the deadline, which – Considering what I considering what I've read and what I've seen from him, I wouldn't be surprised, especially uh, considering he's pre-arbitration, so he's not even arbitration eligible yet. James and Tyen has a no trade clause, so he's probably not going anywhere. Same thing with Seiya Suzuki. Plus, I believe they just got Seiya Suzuki anyway, so why would they – or no, I'm thinking of New York, New York with Kodai Senga. Uh, Yeah, no. I I think there's there's only a few people people that uh, the Cubs could potentially look at moving. The White Sox, though, you got Lucas Giolito, you got Lance Lynn, 
I mean, hell, there's there's a, quite a few people that I could see potentially uh, the White Sox moving on from. Joe Kelly has a club option. Uh, his yeah. name has been brought up, I know, uh, in potential rumors. Liam Hendricks has a club option. I mean, with that, you know, with, with the – with the pitching arsenal that he brings as a closer, I'd find it hard to believe that no team would be interested in him at the deadline. But, you know, Chicago, they have quite a few pieces that if they wanted to sell, I mean, let's face it, they're, they're not going to be contending for a playoff spot at all this year. Uh, I have a feel there's a few pieces that they have that uh, teams would potentially bite on. But if we look at the standings right now as they are, uh, the AL East, Baltimore, believe it or not, leads the AL East by percentage. Even though Tampa Bay has more wins, they also have more losses than Baltimore. Baltimore has a 61.2 win percentage, and Tampa Bay has a 59.8 win percentage. Because of that, Baltimore is on top. What was that, Lou? Who would have what happened that we see Baltimore in first place? I know, but you know, you know, it, it's it's weird. You know, when you when you take a look at it though, Baltimore is the definition yeah. of building of building through the draft, right? Because a majority of their team this year has all been homegrown. Yeah. So, you know, it took a long time, but it's finally starting to pay off, it looks like, for them. Uh, We also have Toronto at 54 and 45. They are in the playoff picture currently as a wild card team, the final wild card team for the AL. Uh, Boston and New York, though, are trailing two games apiece in the wild card standings. Uh, the AL Central looks like Minnesota is – they're hanging in there a game and a half ahead of Cleveland for the division. Cleveland is still in it division-wise, but wild card, it looks like they're falling out of it. Uh, yeah. And Detroit, Detroit, the division is still in reach, but the wild card, not so much. White Sox are out of it. They're 10 games back, so there's no – I don't see Chicago making a run. AL West, Texas, they're in the driver's seat right now, two and a half games ahead of Houston. Houston currently leads the wild card by a game and a half over Toronto. Uh, the LA Angels, seven and a half games out and three and a half games out in the wild card. Same thing with the – Seattle Mariners, the LA Angels will be very interesting to look at come trade deadline. Yeah. Because Where obviously the big question go. Exactly. The big the big question will hinge on what will they do with Shohei Otani? Will he stay put? Will he be moved? And and ultimately, I'm still in the belief of. And by, by the way, it sounds like if he is moved, it will not be to the Dodgers. 
the Angels are not willing to trade him uh, in, uh, you know, in in the same city. Crosstown rival. Yeah, crosstown rival, exactly. So uh, the Dodgers are basically out of it. And according to Sports Illustrated, it says that Shohei Otani's future in Anaheim is up to the players on the field. So if yeah. they continue to suck, you know, if they continue to suck, it's it's more likely that Shohei Otani will probably be moved. But it's actually interesting because according to Bleacher Report, uh, when they were faced with trade suggestions last year involving Shohei Otani, that actually pissed off Artie Moreno, their owner. And one rival executive who tried to land Shohei last summer actually told ESPN's Buster Olney that that was the time that Moreno should have traded him because his trade value was at its peak and the Angels were going nowhere, basically. They, right. they weren't making the playoffs. So, And he would have been with his next team for, for two postseasons and somebody would have paid very well for that. They could have addressed a lot of roster issues in L.A. with the trade. However... Uh, Moreno act, uh, reacted angrily when the front office brought up the idea of even trading Otani, according to Buster yeah. Olney. As he had no interest in dealing his team's best hitter and best pitcher, not to mention the most marketable player in baseball, and even scoffed at the suggestion of, of even trading him. So... You know, that kind of makes me wonder if he may not even be traded at all because Moreno, chances are, he's probably still thinking that exact same thought process. Very nice. I mean, I mean, would a year really make much of a difference in a, in a, uh, in a person's thought no. process? No. So chances are, you know, I wouldn't be surprised if he stays put. That's all they got. You know, if they, if they lose Otani, what else does the Angels, what does the Angels got? Trout. Oh, Trout, yeah, but yeah. I mean, but they, at the same they, time, they, really, they don't really have much. No, they don't. I mean, despite the fact that, you know, he's all the talk of the Angels, Otani has not had a winning season with with the franchise as he got here. Well, yeah, not a winning season uh, standings-wise, but he has had a winning season when it comes to his record. I mean, he's been great on the mound and also – you know, out on the field when it com- when it comes to him having to having to play, you know, I can kind of equate this a little bit to to the Portland Trailblazers a little bit, where Portland just completely bombed the opportunity to build around Damian Lillard. And that's why we've seen Damian Lillard request a trade 
And now it's kind of it's, – it's a similar thing here in L.A. And the difference here is right. you have two – you have two of the best players in Major League Baseball in Mike Trout and Shohei Otani, and you aren't doing jack shit to build around them. Mm-hmm. Now, what's interesting here about Otani is, uh, according to MLB Network's John Morosi, he believes that they could fetch a return similar to what the Washington Nationals got for Juan Soto last summer. Mm-hmm where uh, the Padres ended up getting Soto in exchange for Luke Voigt, as well as prospects Mackenzie Gore, Jarlin Susana, uh, C.J. Abrams, Robert Hassel III, and James Wood. But honestly, I mean, I think he should go for even more than that. I mean, this is – I hate to put him in the same category as Babe Ruth, but – I mean, let's be honest. When's the last time? When's the last time we saw a, a two-way player in Major League Baseball? That's the days of Ruth. Exactly. And not just a regular two-way player, but an elite two-way player who 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 could basically make an All-Star team both ways either as a pitcher or as a hitter. And also, uh, according to Morosi as well, uh, the Angels are likely to wait until the final 24 to 48 hours before the August 1st deadline before making a decision on what they're going to do with Otani, which I guess kind of makes sense. You know, you don't know where you're going to be at in the standings come that time. But, I mean, the, the days are ticking down. We're already on the 22nd going into the 23rd. So, you know, I would think that within the next couple of days, they would have a pretty good idea of where they're going to be in the standings. And in particular, you know, I'm kind of wondering if maybe this hesitancy by L.A., Maybe perhaps they are making ground with Otani when it comes to trade when it comes to contract negotiations. I mean, it is a possibility, you know. Maybe, maybe there's all this yeah. speculation for nothing, and he ultimately ends up re-signing with the Angels, anyways. You know, maybe he comes to terms on an agreement to a contract extension. I mean, I know. I know players usually don't talk contract extensions during the regular season, but, uh, right. you know, it's a, it's a possibility because, I, I mean, the Angels would be very stupid to let him walk in free agency yeah. while getting nothing in return. You would have a pretty stupid to do so, that. Yeah. It would, honestly, it would be pretty damn stupid for them to allow that to happen. Uh, although good news, he got the stitches removed from his surgically repaired left hand. And obviously, you know, he said that he still has to allow the incision to fully heal before he's able to even start swinging a bat. However, he does feel good at the moment. 
he is expected to return in mid-August, I believe they said, barring any setbacks along the way. So, uh, you know, they will get Trout back, so maybe perhaps, although the thing is when they get him back, it'll be in mid-August. So, you know, the, I would hate to be in in, uh, in L.A.'s uh, – in LA's position here, because you have to make a very difficult decision, you know. Yeah. Do you do you hang on to Otani and hope that maybe perhaps, maybe perhaps you guys you guys make a rebound with Trout coming back, and that's enough to put you guys into a playoff spot? I mean, it's it's very it's it's very mind scratching when it comes to what they may or may not do with the, with this uh with this opportunity but in all likelihood i would be be a mistake for la if they don't trade him yeah i mean i'm just if he's and, and he also said he hasn't discussed the future or deadline plans with their general manager either. Shohei Otani has said this to reporters, so it, it, it kind of seems like he's basically been kept out of the loop almost. So, right, right. If you're not even talking contract with him. Right now, what the hell are you guys doing? Nothing. You should be trading him. If that's the case. But, yeah. Anyways, uh, we do have another thing to talk about. As uh, heading over to the NFL for a little bit here, the WAP. Um, their former owner to their private equity investor, Josh Harris, for $6.05 billion in a unanimous vote from the NFL owners. And it's not officially official, but there is no turning back now, basically, when it comes to this, uh, when when it comes to, uh, it's basically official, but it's, but it's not official as of yet. Mm-hmm. However, it says Harris could it, it, he could assume formal control as early as yesterday, which I believe he already did because they did the uh, they did the group photo already with the uh, with the new ownership and uh, the head co- head coach Ron Rivera and the general manager. So I assume it's officially gone through, and now. I mean, Harris has had more success with uh, being the owner of the New Jersey Devils and the Philadelphia 76ers. Now, granted, of course, he hasn't brought an NBA title yet to Philly, but, uh, you know, he's in a a much better spot than Dan Snyder ever was for for the commanders. And, by the way, as, as it sounds here, it looks like the commanders may no longer be the commanders. Right. 
as there have been talks that uh, there will be a name change potentially when it comes to the Washington Commanders, which, in my opinion, you know, I think I think that's probably what's best for all, for everybody involved. Yeah. When you consider the fact that being called the Commanders, you know, it's you're still going to have that stain of Daniel Snyder attached to you if you keep yourself as the Commanders. So, right. Uh, what what are your thoughts on that, Lou? Uh, Washington, it would make sense, wouldn't it, to move on from the Commanders name and and Absolutely. go and and you know. Uh, allow ownership to decide whether or not they wanted to uh, to put in a new name. Oh, absolutely. I mean, you're not in control anymore, so, you know, uh, it makes perfect sense to move on from the uh, commanders, the Washington football team, the whatnots, whatever you want to call them. So, uh, you know, this is the right move. And, you know, I think I can speak for, even though I'm not a fan of myself, I think I can speak for all the people of Washington that they're glad to see him go because he has really wrecked that franchise. So, uh, as I said on my show earlier, uh, you were there, and um, by another show by Rasol, I came up with a little ditty about his departure. Yeah. Oh, you want to hear it? Ding dong, the witch is dead. Witch, oh, witch, the wicked witch. Ding dong, the wicked witch is dead. Oh, boy. <laughs> That's bad. <laughs> well, I mean, it's true. You know, it's true. Yeah. This is this is a long time coming, and it, it's it, you know it it couldn't have happened to a uh, it couldn't have happened to a bigger asshole. Uh, yeah. When it comes to Dan Snyder, you know, with, with, because of Dan Snyder, he's the reason why John Gruden got fired from uh, no okay. from the Oakland from the uh, the Vegas Raiders. The Vegas Raiders. He's he's part of the reason why he got uh, why Gruden got fired. So, you know, all, all this shit that's been going on uh, during his entire uh, tenure as owner of the of the uh, Washington Commanders, I say good fucking riddance. You know, it yeah. couldn't have happened to a to it a, a it couldn't have happened life. to a nicer asshole. A nicer asshole? Um, I think it's going to be a little awkward. Or, or a I bigger, mean, or a bigger get... asshole. We'll put it that way. Yeah, I mean, because how can you have a big, how can you have a nice asshole? I never, I never heard of those. <laughs> but, um, yeah, it's uh, obviously, you know, it's a, it's a much different, uh, a much, a much different atmosphere now in the, in the Washington Commanders, and also you got to think as well. This is kind of a good thing with the NFL because owners were sick and tired of having yeah. to even deal with him. Right. And also, also it doesn't it doesn't hurt either that that uh, part of the ownership uh, does also belong to Magic Johnson as well. And we've yeah. seen what he's been able to do with the uh, L.A. Dodgers while owning the L.A. Dodgers. So, yeah, you know, maybe perhaps if Washington plays everything right, you could see Washington potentially morph back into uh, 
into an actual legitimate contender. I mean, it's going to take some time, give but... Least, give at least five years, Steve. Give at least five years. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, it's going to, like I said, it's, it's going to take some time, but... Oh, yeah. Uh, you know, you considering considering his track record, you couldn't have anybody better than Magic Johnson as part of your ownership group. Yeah. And also, you know, Josh Harris is... You know, he's done wonders with the 76ers and the New Jersey Devils during his tenure oh, yeah. of ownership with those two teams. So, you know, I think I think it's definitely bright skies uh, are ahead officially for the uh, for fans of the Washington Commanders moving forward. Mm. And there have been some suggestions that have been brought up for uh, potential team names. The Washington Majors has been brought up. Uh, a lot of people say that it should be the president because of the D.C. ties. Uh, I get but, it. But the thing is, and, and this was brought up by CBS, in today's polarizing political climate, do they care to be associated with every sitting U.S. president? For them nope. to be called the Washington Presidents, so nope. the Washington Majors would make more sense in that case. Uh, How about that? They also brought up the Washington Red Tails, and Red what? Tails has been a long time. Uh, that's been a long time fan favorite, apparently for its historical ties to How the Tuskegee Airmen, which. Uh, the Tuskegee Airmen were the famous African-American pilots who fought in World War II, and it also bears some resemblance to Washington's best-known nickname as well. So the Washington Red Tails is an option. Uh, they've also brought up the Washington Red Hogs as an option, mm-hmm. which it's even closer to the team's own roots because Hogs has actually been a nickname in in and around the franchise. Uh, and it's possibly the best way to pay tribute to team history while embarking with a new identity. So that's a possibility. Uh, Washington Pigskins has also been brought up as a possibility. Right. So, I mean, basically, you'd just be calling them the Washington footballs, essentially. But, uh, yeah. you know, pigskins, and also it would uh, – they'd be able to appropriately revive the shortened skins nickname. Instead of calling them the redskins, they can call them the pigskins. Yeah. And then another – and then another one that's been brought up is the Washington D.C. Football Club, which honestly sounds Ballers. like a soccer club. You know exactly, Lou. I I agree with you on on that. It's I I don't really think that that should be an option. I mean, it sounds too much like like a soccer club name. Yes. As opposed to. As a, you might as well just re, you might as well just go back to being called the Washington Football Team, in that case. Yeah. So, 
Yeah. All in all, though, you know, uh, the the thing that matters is the commanders are officially done with Dan Snyder, and not just the commanders, but the league in general is done with Dan Snyder. So, you know, there's probably going to be less turmoil. Well, as much as I'd like to believe that, but you know, there's always some kind of controversy like lurking around. But with Snyder gone, I think it's going to be a, a bit more easy to digest. Yeah, that's true. There is some Ooh. kind of thing that. Do I know here in the works here? Oh, what do we have? We have a no hitter in the works. At least a no hitter. Uh, between who, which uh, which game? Well, let's see. Between the between the cheaters and baseball's most pathetic team. Oh God, uh, are we talking Oakland? Yes. Well, that would be the second time that Oakland gets no hit, then, right? Yeah. And I'm trying to bring it up. I'm trying to. It must not be on TV, I guess. It doesn't happen very often. It's in the same year. Yeah, no, it doesn't happen very often. Uh, Here we go. Regional coverage. Let's see if it'll be on MLB Network. Uh, I think it's on FS1. Oh, FS1. Okay. No, FS1 is, uh, in my area at least, it's showing uh, Major League Soccer. Oh. Oh. So, yeah, in my area at least. Let me check. Maybe. Oh, it'll be on. Okay, it'll be network then. Maybe FS2? No, FS2 has has women's rugby. Women's yeah, rugby. Maybe, maybe it'll be on uh, maybe it'll be on MLB Network because yeah. uh, MLB Network it says they're showing regional coverage so yeah, but this is a big moment. So, uh, oh yeah, League Cup. Yeah, San Jose versus Portland right now. Okay, good. So I'll just check. Uh, oh, I'll check this right here. Okay, regional coverage right now. Uh, okay, right into the commercial. But um, I think for the game like this, you know, they'll they'll, they'll go to it. So like they'll break away for coverage and keep us updated. Because uh, I think what's uh, I think what's more surprising is that Houston hasn't even scored against Oakland. Who Blackburn, if I remember correctly, I believe Boston lit him up when they faced right. Oakland, and somehow. Houston has not been able to – they've only been able to put up three hits. So, uh, yeah, right now, looks, looks like they're showing L.A. and the Pirates on my uh, on my yeah, thing for MLB Network. Although, who knows? Maybe, you know, the closer it, it comes with the uh, – or the closer it goes with uh, – the further it goes with with the uh, no-hitter, maybe per, maybe – yeah. It'll be brought up, maybe. I mean, Ben, so. I mean, 
Indians have had, you know, have had an atrocious season. I mean, you know, they they lost their home. They're going to Vegas and whatnot. They got they were blanked by the Yankees last month. You know, a perfect game. Some of we don't see very often either. So uh, this has been an embarrassing year for, for uh, the A's. Oh yeah, I mean, come on, with the 27, 27 and seventy three record, and you have fans protesting at your games. Uh, demanding yeah. that the team be sold. I mean, my God, you know, I don't think you can get, honestly, any lower for a sports team. No. I, I mean, hell, when when Boston went out there, I believe they only had, like, 2,000 fans at the stadium. Well, actually, let me, let me look. Let me see, because they're in Oakland, so... Let me see if they even have – they should have the attendance up, I think. Uh, yeah, well – No, they do not. Well, it was a while ago. No, they do not – they do not have the attendance up yet. Let me see if – let's see. MLB attendance by team. This will tell me here. Uh, let's see. Oakland. No, that's not what I'm looking for. Uh, yeah. yeah, dead last. Their average, their average fan count is nine thousand nine hundred and sixty-nine fans. Oh. Uh, uh, well, that's pretty good. But still, I mean, Lou, when you compare it to other clubs, though, oh yeah, I mean they're dead last. Exactly. But still, one last. I thought only about me, like about twelve people. Let me see if I can bring up Friday night. Yeah, uh, Oakland. Now this one was finalized, so let me see if uh, they should have the in the box score what the attendance was here. Six thousand eight hundred and ten people last night. Oh. Yeah, I mean. Uh, and the the thing is, I feel bad for the fans because Oakland used to be such a uh, good team. Yeah. They used to be such a good team back in the Billy Bean era. And, you know, with Moneyball and whatnot. McGuire was there. Right, yeah. And the thing is, it just, it just absolutely sucks to be – you know, to, if if you're a fan of the Oakland Athletics now, uh, to see what your team used to go uh, – I mean, they haven't won a World Series since 1989, which I believe was when – that was probably back when Dennis Eckersley was around, right? Yes. So, yeah, it's uh, – honestly, honestly, it's kind of pathetic. That's kind of that's kind of pathetic for a team 
they last won the West Division back in 2020. So that's the last time they were in the playoffs because they had a wild card berth in 2019 and 2018. 2020, they won the West Division. This is a team that used to be, at least they were considered threats to potentially make the playoffs. And now it's like ever since COVID hit, this team has completely taken God knows how many steps back. And I I know they've had problems when it comes to uh, a stadium proposal. You know, I'm almost wondering – well, actually, this wouldn't even be the right thing to – I was going to say I'm wondering if maybe this is self-sabotage on purpose, but it wouldn't really make sense. If you're wanting to get a new stadium, the last thing you would do is purposely lose games because that ain't going to get you a new stadium. But uh, – Huh? I wouldn't be surprised at all. No, and I see. I see. Houston just got on the uh, just got on the board officially. So one nothing Houston in the top of the sixth over over Oakland right now. Uh, yeah, right. I mean, right now it looks like Oakland. It looks like the Athletics are going to be moving to uh, to Vegas more more likely yeah. than not. And, I mean, it's just, honestly, it's, it's, it's insanity for uh, this. T- the team has been there since 1968. Yeah. And, I mean, they just have an owner that doesn't, that, that just does not give a shit whatsoever. No. Then again, though, taking a look at what else he owns, uh, the San Jose Earthquakes in professional soccer, and he also owns Celtic FC of the Scottish Premiership League. I mean, that's this guy clearly does not have an eye for uh, he does not have an eye for sports. No, when it comes to. You know, I, I guess I guess this really makes sense then, because let me see, when did he take ownership of Oakland? Mm. Do you know when he took when he took ownership? Uh, no. Yeah, I'm I'm looking right now and I can't see where it says he All right, let's see. History of Oakland's two thousand and five. So long time ago. Yeah, they were sold to the majority owner, John J. Fisher, in 2005. And, I mean, they have been in the playoffs since then. 
I mean, granted, they, you know, they haven't really. Oh, okay, here we go. So John J. Fisher became the full owner of the team starting in 2016 when uh, Wolf sold his remaining 10% stake in the team to John J. Fisher. So basically in the era of John J. Fisher, they've had one, two, three winning seasons. Four winning seasons, technically, if you count third in the AL West with an 86 and 76 record. But then but, last year was an out, was an outright disaster because uh, what's his name didn't want uh, Fisher doesn't want to pay players, and now we're seeing a similar thing this season. And it looks like uh, they have officially drafted an application to move to Vegas. Yeah. So I don't know when that'll take place, but it looks like that that is close. That is going to be close to official at some point up here in the future. But still, that's an outright disaster for for a, a team that used to be a, that used to be a, a prized so franchise in Major League Baseball. Uh, also in the NFL, DeAndre Hopkins has officially signed a two-year contract yeah. with the Tennessee Titans. The contract comes with a $12 million base salary. However, he can make up to $15 million with incentives. He visited only, it seems like his choice came down to the Patriots or the Titans. And here's what I find odd about this. He said the three things that he wanted in a team were, were management stability a quarterback who loves the game and good defense. Okay, yeah, they have management stability. That's that's a good thing, but yes. they don't have a quarterback who loves the game and they don't have a defense. Or at least not a defense right. that they used to have. And I'm sorry, Ryan Tannehill, he 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 doesn't look anywhere close to what he used to be. So no. I'm trying to wrap my head around this, why he would rather take passes from Ryan Tannehill in a run-heavy offense than take passes from Mac Jones. Which, honestly, if he – I mean, granted, the, with the Patriots, it's a run-heavy offense too, but if – DeAndre Hopkins moved over, especially with uh, with what's his name coming in as the uh, offensive coordinator, Bill O'Brien. It's going to become yeah. more of a passing offense. So, my understanding is it's because of the huge gap in guaranteed money that the Patriots had between between them and the uh, Tennessee Titans. That that's the reason why he chose Tennessee because I guess apparently from what it sounds like, he came to the Patriots with an offer Tennessee was giving him. 
The Patriots then decided to offer him less money and basically give it, and basically they gave him. From what it sounds like, it sounds like they're still acting. Tom Brady is still there because players would take less to play with Brady back when Brady was still the quarterback of the yeah. Patriots. So I, I mean, this in all honesty, this is basically Hopkins moving from Tyler Murray to Ryan Tannehill. It's not that much of an upgrade, if it is at all. So what are your what are your thoughts on that, Lou? Uh, with DeAndre Hopkins officially uh, officially signing with the Tennessee Titans. Yeah, I think they're gonna. I think they're gonna need help how they can get. You know, he is a he is a great player on there. So uh, I think it's gonna you know help the Titans um, be uh, more competitive this year. Well, I mean, he's not, he better help the Titans because it's basically yeah. gonna be a put up or shut up year for Ryan Tannehill. With uh, uh, with the Wayne Gun thing, huh? It's going to be a put up or shut up year when you when he has, I believe he has Hendon Hooker breathing down his throat. Oh yeah. Once uh, once Hendon Hooker officially recovers from his uh, or no, not Hendon Hooker, it's Will Levis. Uh, he has Will Levis breathing down his throat, who Tennessee took in the second round. And we saw that clearly last season. They don't believe much in Malik Willis. So Tannehill struggles at all. They may go with the rookie Will Levis out of Kentucky as their starter. And plus, we don't know what's going to happen with Derrick Henry, whether or not he's going to get traded or if he's going to remain a Tennessee Titan. Right. I, I just, I guess I don't understand. It, it, it speaks to me like it was all about the money. And that the yeah, like things that he and that the things that he said that oh I want to go to a team that has a quarterback who loves the game a good defense and stable management yeah that's bullshit because if you wanted all three of those you would have signed with New England I'm sorry that's that's flat out bullshit you basically signed for the money that's all it was. Yeah. But who knows? Maybe I'm just a spiteful New England fan. Who knows? Um, All I know is that, honestly, he's going to have a worse time out there than he he would with New England. Uh, Let's see. The New York Jets, they sent Denzel Mims in a seventh-round pick to the Detroit Lions in exchange for a conditional sixth-round pick. Uh, so, basically, uh, I don't know exactly what the conditions are for the sixth-round pick, but 
Denzel Mims basically gets a fresh start in what seemingly, for some reason, he was buried in the depth chart in New York. He never really got a fair shot. Uh, I mean, only 357 yards in nine games. Uh, He was rarely targeted, if at all. And then Robert Sally, or Robert Sala, ever since he took over as head coach, he basically shut him out of the lineup. He only has just 319 yards over the over his last two years in the league. Maybe he can rejuvenate, he can revive his career uh, in Detroit, where they'll probably have much better use for him. Because yeah. we all know how Detroit loves speed, and that's exactly what he'll bring to them. A need for speed. Yeah. Uh, let's see. We also have news about Dalvin Cook. According to a document filed in Dakota County District Court, uh, he offered his accuser in, a, in an abuse case $1 million to clear him of any wrongdoing. The allegations against Cook are abhorrent, to say the least. Uh, in an article that was published by the Star Tribune, Rochelle Olson wrote that Craig's latest filing also describes Trimble's sworn allegations against Cook, saying that after he threw her over a couch and into a coffee table, her forehead and nose gushed blood. When she went upstairs to wash off the blood, Cook followed her, threw her down, pinned her, punched and choked her, and then grabbed his rifle, pointed it at her head, and yelled death threats. Uh, mm. Cook reportedly had knowledge of his lawyers offering the victim $800,000 in exchange for a sworn affidavit that would exonerate him of any wrongdoing. And then he increased his offer to $1 million after the initial offer wasn't accepted. Uh, a lawsuit for physical and emotional abuse was then filed against Cook in November of 2021 and is still currently pending at this time. Uh, he remains a free agent as of now and is scheduled for trial in a Dakota County court next year. Good God. I know the Jets are looking at him, but with that, with that kind of baggage, I'm kind of wondering if maybe he may just remain a free agent. Yeah, because we don't need that kind of baggage. I mean, they already have hard knocks to, uh, you know, to deal yeah. with. That's, uh, that's a thing. And also, uh, Saints running back Alvin Kamara pled no contest to a misdemeanor charge stemming from a nightclub incident in Las Vegas. Uh, Kamara ple- pleaded no contest to a breach of peace charges and was sentenced to community service and $100,000 in damages. Uh, the reduced formal proceedings ensure the Saints running back will avoid jail time, but he still could be disciplined by the league under the personal conduct policy. Uh, he was facing a felony charge following an incident at a nightclub in Las Vegas that occurred during Pro Bowl weekend last season. The reduced cost to acquire Camara uh, in early fantasy drafts for fans uh, still carries a degree of uncertainty considering the broad nature of their personal conduct policy but it appears that the first hurdle has officially been cleared for him. So chances are he will probably be around um, to start the season next season. Uh, Also, 
Vikings wide receiver Jordan Addison was cited uh, as driving 140 miles per hour in a 55-mile-per-hour zone early Thursday morning this week. He ended up being pulled over by Minnesota State Patrol and cited for speeding and reckless driving. Uh, does this remind you of anybody, Lou? Let's see. Uh, Mario Andretti, for one. Uh, Sam Hager, I can't drive 55. Uh, you know, it, it could be a whole lot of things. But, you know, Henry uh, Ruggs? We've seen this before. Yeah, we've seen this Henry before. Henry Ruggs? I mean, it happened. Yeah. I mean, what is it with these, what is it with these football players speeding? At these uncontrol, these uncontrollable, uh, you know, um, ridiculous speeds—130 miles, 140 miles an hour. I mean, look, you're not race car drivers. What are you doing? You're lucky you didn't hurt anybody. You're not gonna hurt yourself. You're lucky I know. You didn't kill anybody. Yeah, it's ridiculous. I gotta tell you. Uh, but on that on that note, uh, we are going to end the show uh, a little bit early tonight. Uh, I, I'm continuing. I, I, don't, I don't know if I don't know if people have realized uh, tonight uh, if it's been noticeable or not. But uh, my phone's been going in and out tonight for some reason. I don't know oh, if it's I don't know if it's been noticeable. But uh, looks like my battery is actually low right now, and I can't find my oh, charger. Yeah. So instead of getting uh, knocked off. Uh, I think we are going to end it early tonight. So hopefully next week uh, we will be back. And, well, we will be back, but hopefully next week we'll be able to go the full three hours uh, for what, like we normally do. But uh, just a quick reminder to fans of the Big Brother, uh, of, of Big Brother, who tune into the Big Brother podcast. August 4th will be the start date for the Big Brother Recap Podcast. And, of course, you can catch us on blogtalkradio.com slash AE. You can go to any yep. of the no major podcast networks. Uh, you can go to any of the major podcast networks, and you'll find us there just by searching Missy AE. Uh, I do want to thank Lou, Diane, Alex, and Kyle for joining me tonight. Uh, we will be back next Saturday night for another edition of Sports Whispers Weekly. Have a great rest of your weekend, and we will see you guys next Saturday night. With the Lucky Land Plus, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandslots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.